absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. I'm got a real special guest here today. We've got PGA Tour insider Bridget Whalen. You probably remember Bridget from episode 29. We've had her on before, big friend of the pod, and uh, love nothing more than talking to her. She's down in Florida right now getting ready to head out to the PGA show, so we'll talk a bunch about that and kind of everything else going on in the world of golf. Bridget, how's everything going? Good. Glad to be here. So it's been a while. It's like mid-August since the last time we had you on. That's way too long. Yeah, it's been a while. So, um, so listen, we've got we've got big stuff coming up. Everyone this week is talking about the PGA show at Orange National, right? We've got people kind of arriving today, but tomorrow's the big day. Tomorrow's demo day, and then for the rest of the week, we've got the convention center down there. Uh, hosting, I mean, literally a who's who of the golf world and industry insiders. You've been to it. You're going to it. Um, I know our listeners and myself included would love a little kind of behind the scenes as to how does one gain access to the PGA show <laughs> and what you see at the PGA show. And I, I kind of want to get some of your highs and lows throughout the years of being an attendee there. Um, okay, to gain access. So in the past couple of years, I've been part of the media. So it was an easy, um, easy access for me. Um, but I think if you're affiliated with any golf merchandise company, I- I'm pretty sure that if you want to go with your company, you can go. Um, there are so many companies in attendance. It's wild. I think sometimes I only pigeonhole my thought to thinking about like the big companies in golf, obviously, you know, that the sponsors that we see on um, all the tour players clothing from week to week, but there are just so many companies, golf companies and the PJ merchandise show. It literally is 10 miles of these companies sort of just displaying all of the new stuff that they have coming out. Um, you know, you see equipment, apparel, uh, obviously there's clubs and balls and all that stuff, but there's so much more. One year it was so cool. They had um, like different types of golf carts and there was like a Segway golf cart. There was like a uh, like stand up surfboard golf cart. There's just so many things that on a day to day I don't really think about. And then the merchandise show just sort of is like you're exposed to the world of what there is in golf coming up um, within the next year, pretty much. So 10 miles is obviously insane. That's it's very wild. difficult. It's, it's difficult to wrap your head around and to give people a perspective. If you're walking in a normal 18 hole golf course around 66 to 7,000 yards, that in and of itself is only about six and a half to seven and a half miles. So right. you can imagine how big this show is um, with you being there. Is it even possible to see everything at the show? I don't know. I So this is so weird. One, my I don't know if it was my first or second year there, but you almost get overwhelmed because the enormity of, is, enormity of it is just so like out of this world. 
And I got trapped like in the same little circle, like over and over again, that I was like, oh my gosh, I just can't get out. I don't know like how else to get out of this little area of the convention center. It's so it takes place at the um, the convention center, which is actually right down the road from me in Orlando on um, Universal Boulevard. And you basically, it really is so overwhelming. I read, I don't know if it was last year or a year prior, that it takes a good two full days to see everything. And I have to be honest, I, I don't know if you'll see everything. There's just so much to see. I think you have to go into it with a definite game plan. <laughs> And I don't, I, you could totally get lost. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, I could imagine, you know, uh, map reading would probably come in handy there. But if you're also going to see everything, I, I I'd imagine that you, you can't even spend any time at any of the booths. I mean, if you spent even 10 minutes at each booth, just kind of looking around, I mean, you could see how quickly that could monopolize your time out there. So I've, I've got to ask you this with with that many vendors and that many booths and that many miles of people kind of clogging up the golf industry there, there's got to be some quacks that show up to this show with items that nobody needs and nobody wants. Take away the Titleists and the TaylorMades and, you know, the Dunning Golf and the Grayson Clothiers and all them. You don't have to give me names, but what are some of the most insane, stupid things that people pay for a booth and and try to sell out there. Oh man, I that's a hard question. I do have a funny story from my first year um, at the merch show, which it was a few years ago. I saw these two guys, and I saw them frequently. It wasn't just a one time thing, and they were dressed so outlandishly. I can't even describe what they were wearing. They were like neon suits with golfers and golf balls, like tuxedo suits like jackets pants the whole thing um there are some characters there I don't what are some outland I mean come on in the game of golf if they tell you it's gonna aid your game you're probably gonna buy it right so I I don't know if I could pinpoint like certain things but I have a feeling that this is the place where if you go and you see something unorthodox and you really want to work on your game you're probably gonna be intrigued by it um, and then, come on, it's golf. Like, you never know what's going to help. So that, that's a good question. Uh, I, I really don't have the answer for you. Um, but there are some crazy products I've seen. The one thing that is kind of interesting about going to the show, I'm a big social media person. I love to document everything I'm doing. Um, I love to take pictures, you know, put them up on Instagram or whatnot. And I always get nervous about like, can I take a photo of this club? Can I, you know, do I want to even take a, a photo of this? Like, am I going to get in trouble? It's kind of a weird situation to be in because you're being exposed to all of these new products that haven't necessarily been released yet. And they're sort of, you know, still being like tested in the sense of by PGA Tour professionals. And it's a really weird space to be in to sort of be exposed to that side of the world. You really, really do feel like an insider. And it's it's just a real treat um, to be a part of that. I think that's the one thing that people who will never get to attend, um, it really is special in the sense that you're being exposed to these things that the general public hasn't been exposed to yet. Because the people who attend this show... Our PGA Tour professionals, you know, for the most part, 
um, that is the, the main community. This is their show. This is um, that really what this show celebrates is them pretty much, you know, uh, PGA of America. It is the PGA merchandise show. So this is like their, their week, their um, forum to come together and to sort of expose each other to the things they've been working on or, you know, the new technology that they're going to be able to bring back to their stores and give um, to their clients and the, the people that they teach in golf. And it's, it's really like a, a brightening vibe because everything is so new and on the cusp and you almost feel like you really do feel like you're a part of something when you're there because everything is just so positive and like so just like inspirational in a sense in the game of golf and it really um has that vibe of growing the game like I know that people talk about that all the time in golf like everyone who loves the sport really just wants other people to love it and this show with all of you know the gadgets and and the new technology it sort of like satiates your appetite and getting excited to sort of introduce others to the game what do you what do you make from there's been talk over the last three four years obviously as the show has shrunk a little bit because there's been some manufacturers that that don't even go there anymore or have really decreased their footprint size at the show because they'd rather publish things and they'd rather leak stories kind of on their right. own terms through social right. media. TaylorMade being a big one uh, right. back in the day. And, and they've come back a little bit, but it's, you know, to me, it's almost like how Apple skips the uh, consumer electronics show, you know, yep. and, and, and they'd rather do it their own way because they're so big. Uh, do you think that has hurt the show to the point that I don't know, in a, in a decade or so, you could see it not being a, a, a viable um, kind of highway of information for these companies? Or do you think that the show in and of itself is just so big that even if one or two big-time OEMs don't show, it's still kind of healthy? Yeah, I mean, so I understand that like there are better ways probably for a company to spend their marketing dollars, right? Like, I'm sure you could agree with that in this day and age. Um, and so I, I think that's where TaylorMade, um, they were sort of planning to broaden their investment in like the PGA of America and what I just like hit on, like pursuing growth initiatives. And they believe like there's a better way, I guess, to create value for the game of golf, you could say. Um, and I think that, Sure, like, you know, that makes sense. But this is like the golf industry's most widely attended, like annual gathering, right? And that sort of, I mean, I don't, I, one time, I think I read the number like 40,000, like club professionals attend, like, that's insane, right? So just knowing that like that exists, and to sort of be a contributor to that because that is such like a special thing in and of itself. I think that I don't think by tailor made, you know, deciding for the past two years not to come, I don't think they're going to have a huge impact on it. I think I get where they're coming from and they're a bigger, big enough company to do that. But I think that this is so like enormous in and of itself. It's like the one week out of the year where they really come together. I don't think it's going to, it, I, I don't see anything really detracting from it. 
I think even if it dwindles down, gets smaller, there's always chance for it to like grow again. I don't, you know, I don't see it like constantly being in a state of like decrease or decline. Um, and I think that, you know, the PJ Merch show, they appreciate the support that they get. So like t- by Taylor May not coming, eh, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that it's a really big a factor. I know that a couple other companies also pulled out, um, but it's still going strong. And I think it's just a community thing. And I think that that alone, like, you know, it the community will always exist. So I, I think the merch show, uh, I think it, it'll be just fine. <laughs> Before we got into the podcast and when we were just, you know, golf fans and not even, I don't even consider ourselves media. We're definitely outside of that um, mindset in that circle. But I always wished that somehow, maybe through a lottery system or whatever, that the PGA of America would make tickets available to just kind of, you know, regular Joe Schmoes out there that love golf, but happen to be kind of golf nerds like us and are able to, you know, go there and kind of share the experience. And maybe, maybe it's only a hundred people or, or whatnot. Um, I think they've done that in a way with allowing kind of, uh, hate to say social media influences out there right, uh, right. admission into it. I know I, I, I had two opportunities to go one with the golf course that I'm friendly with and one with one of our sponsors um, and just couldn't make it work. But I think it would be awesome if they opened it up just to the, you know, to normal people and, and not say, Oh, well you have to have 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 Instagram followers to, to come here. Um, I think it would make it more, accessible i can kind of understand why they don't because they want to make it feel special like you mentioned before but to me if if you really want to kind of quote unquote grow the game and make it accessible to people i mean who better than than your loyal followers out there you know your loyal golfers who just love the sport and quite honestly like me are frozen in the northeast like who wouldn't want to go down to florida i know it's not exceptionally warm down there now but there's no snow on the ground like there is outside my house no snow it's chilly but you're right no snow and you got the the sun and the palm trees yeah i agree um i i really don't know the logistics i'm sure like you could somehow get a ticket in i'm i'm sure it's probably quite expensive um or uh, actually i don't like i don't think you could just be a a guy off the street. So you're, you're totally right. I, I really don't know the logistics about that, but yeah, it would be cool also for um, just average golfers to attend demo day. I've always thought about that, like to get out there and to be on a driving range and get to sort of play around with like a new driver that, you know, who knows has only hit it before. I think that that would be like a Christmas for some, um, for some players. So I've always thought about that, um, like actually getting to test out the equipment. That would be probably like some some people's dream. So yeah, I I totally agree with you. I, I don't I don't know if that that'll ever happen. I think it's like any trade show. You know, the people who go are typically in that industry. But um, with golf being such a, a people who love the sport really do have an impassioned nature nature i can see that yeah you're right that would be cool if they opened up some kind of lottery yeah i mean look like augusta the stuffiest of you know the stuffy golf courses in america opens up a lottery once a year to any and everybody that has a chance i mean so if if they can do it 
you know, the, the PGA show could at least give out, even if it's like 10. I mean, just think about the publicity you would create for the PGA show itself. If you knew there was a lottery and you posted that on the, the PGA show website, there's just so many different ways to drive eyeballs and traffic to what they're doing out there. Um, because, you know, quite honestly, inviting all these people from the media and from, you know, this influencer side, that's that's what they're doing. They're trying to drive traffic to these companies so they can say to these companies, hey, come here, get a booth. It's X amount of dollars, but we can guarantee so many people, you know, will see you. It's just another revenue fund, another revenue stream, another way to get eyeballs on their product. I think it would be cool if they're out there listening. They should definitely do that and then just give me credit and maybe free tickets and airfare for life. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I'm like, I yeah, you're you're right. I'm like, man, I wonder if you could send like you probably can get a ticket in somehow, but yeah, it probably costs a lot. Um, yeah, well, I don't. You know, there, I I know that here. they're not. It's not available to the public. Like, there's no actual site in order to buy tickets. I'm sure there's probably some unscrupulous companies out right. there that's, that are yeah, saying, that's what I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> like the the stub hub of of PGA shows. Right. <laughs> $500 will get you into demo day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, it really is. Um, I think I said this before. It's it's a definite treat if you're a golf nerd. Um, like, I, I mean, I don't think I'm like that golf nerdy. And it's a treat for me. So I can't even imagine, you know, someone who is, out there practicing multiple times a week they would just probably I mean die of happiness to be around all of these new on the cusp things and it's so cool to witness um companies being like so excited about something that that's one major takeaway I could um, definitely share about the show when you go to uh, a company's booth and you know you basically could just like ask them like so what do you have going on and it will be just like excitement out the yin yang about like stuff that they have in the works and and that um, atmosphere is just so cool it's just something that uh I don't know. I've really never been a part of something like that before. Um, so that's one of the things that makes the show like super cool. You really feel like everyone who is there is there in the sense of like they are excited for what's to come. And it really is a way for the game itself to sort of like rally around each other and you learn, I think companies learn from each other at the merch show. I think that probably you go obviously with your company, but you look around, you see, you know, what's up, what are other people doing? And then what is, does that do for you? It only inspires you to move forward too. So I think the whole thing culturally is like just super empowering and super positive. And um, like for a game that, needs a lot of that in my opinion i think it it really is uh an, an important week for the game of golf what's what's the one thing that you look forward to most when you go there meeting new people um so this year is a little bit different for me because i'm not part of the media um but i'm in the hard goods community so i'm really excited to 
kind of just network and meet new people um, who also love the game as much as I do. Like, it's funny for me. I golf is my life, right? So in my mind, golf is huge. It's such a big, big portion of like my brain space. But in the scheme of things, golf is such a small niche interest, not just to play, but spectating, um, being a fan of watching on TV. You know, it's, it's, it's not football. It's not baseball. It's not soccer. It doesn't have those followings. Right. But in my mind, it has a, it's bigger than those things for me. So it's really cool to be around people who share that, who also view golf as such a big part of their like mental space. Like it's a lot of what they think about. I like being around people who are like-minded like that. I like sharing interests with people. So this week really for me, this year specifically, or particularly, will be a chance for me to sort of get myself out there and meet other people who sort of like have the same you know, share the same mentality I do. And it's just kind of super exciting for me to have all these people in my backyard. <laughs> like I live yeah, in Orlando. It's, <laughs> it's funny you, you mentioned that because in terms of numbers and in terms of global eyeballs and viewership, golf is extremely small. But right. I, I, I look at like the way I go through my day. Like my Instagram literally is all golf. My social media is all golf. I talk right. about golf. I play golf. I love golf. And to me, it's like wh- there's other sports. And, right. and of course, I know there are. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of a ton of other sports and, and uh, are into a lot of them. But to me, it's like, wait, you don't golf? Like, you don't know who Andrew Landry is? You don't know that <laughs> Phil lost 40 pounds? Like, what are you living under a rock, dude? And people are like, no, nobody knows that crap but you. Nobody. (laughs) It's so true. And like this week, I just think about, and like, this is how into the game I am. I think about like, wow, like all of these PJ professionals are going to be able to come here and learn new things. And then they're going to go back to the the people they teach and they're going to be able to you know, improve their game by the things they learn this week. And I'm like, what? Like, no one's thinking that. <laughs> That's like me and a really small subset of people like in the industry who have insight on like skills and steps and like swings and stuff like that. But yeah, it's funny. The majority of my um, social media as well is golf. So on a day-to-day basis, like my eyes are only on golf things, whether it's professional or amateurs, like it does, it's sort of like, I see just golf all the time. <laughs> so I'm, we're in the same boat, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, I completely agree. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Um, I guess my, my last question about that is, is the, the PGA show only lasts so long. I don't know what time the convention center is open till five, six or so. Um, what's the vibe like after hours there? Is it mm-hmm. an Augusta like vibe where companies are renting out houses in and around the greater Orlando area and, and hosting people? Or is it much more low key? Cause it's just a bunch of industry insiders, you know, deciding what clubs they're they're going to purchase this year or things along those lines it is not (laughs) low-key 
Um, so I think that most of the people who attend, they stay in hotels. And uh, the night, I think, is just as important for networking as during the merchandise show. There's forums later in the evening. Like last year, I attended Chris Cuomo's um, forum. I think it was the seventh annual. So the party, per se, doesn't stop just because it goes from day to night. And then they're, you know, just everyone is out um, at bars and at restaurants. And it really is just like a who's who of golf and just constant hobnobbing. So I would say the after show, the after merchandise show is, um, you know, just as fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, it would it would seem to me that it wouldn't be because I don't, I don't know, I guess. I guess I think of golf nerds as as just that Stuffy. golf nerd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, I guess you get anybody away from uh, home for a little bit and they they act out. You know, I mean, I guess you could ask Tommy Ganey about that, right? <laughs> Was he far from home? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know either. Um. Yeah. I think being around, like as I was saying, being around like like-minded people. I think they're all just like kids in a candy store I think they're you know really just in good a good mood when they're down here and it's Orlando it's nice all the time I mean it's a little chilly this week but in comparison to the rest of the country uh it's it's beautiful it's you know you want to be out you want to be enjoying yourself I think it's just um an all-around from you know morning to night it's a full golf week down here well, we'll be, you know, obviously looking forward. Um, hopefully you'll put some stuff up if you're able to. Um, but I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people that'll be, uh, that'll be posting. And, uh, you know, there's, there's obviously different ways that you can, you can kind of catch what's going on down at the PGA show. Now, Bridge, you and I were talking off air beforehand when we were just kind of BSing um, about some tiger news this year right because this is the year that that tiger quite possibly and you know it, it looks like he might break sam sneed's record we know him and I, uh him and i yeah i wish uh, him and sam are tied at 82 <laughs> wins a piece put yourself in, in some company there. yeah I, I just i decided to just go you know just <laughs> jump right in both feet you know who's better tiger or myself yeah. <laughs> Morally, I question. think I win, but on a golf course, <laughs> I think he wins. Um, but you know, this this is probably the year where Tiger hits eighty three and asterisk, quote unquote, whatever you will, uh, has the most PGA Tour wins um, in history. So give give us a little bit of insight as to what we were talking about before, and then uh, we'll discuss. Yeah, um, I read an article that the PGA Tour commissioner Dean Beeman. He um, came out to say that he regards Tiger's 82 uh, as a higher accomplishment than Sneed's 82. So uh, right off the bat, what are, what, <laughs> you you hear that, and what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, uh, I know that it, it, uh, ugh. <laughs> I it's a difficult question. I know that. Um, they took a, a lot of time to establish that Sneed's tally 
was 82, right? Because there was a lot of hoopla about the number. I know that um, he died in 2002, I think. He, um, I only remember that for a weird specific reason that we won't get into. But um, I think he, um, he sort of thought that he had more than 82 at the time of his death. And then um, I think obviously, you know, it was established that it was 82. And now the tiger has reached that crazy number, 82. Like, just think about that for a second. I know that we throw that number around all the time and we're almost like desensitized to it, right? 82 wins. Like, that is just, the number is insane. So I'm not going to take away from need or tiger like 80 like y'all got 82 wins like that's just wild I I do however do however think again I am biased I am a big tiger fan I have been since I knew what a tiger was I think so we're talking about like three to five years old I've been a fan of tiger woods um I do think that he achieved that number in an era that maybe was a little more difficult to achieve than Sam Snead. So yeah, I I obviously attend I, I definitely agree. I don't even want to say tend to agree, but I hundred percent agree. Um there's always the argument that can be made that the technology was superior in this day and age, and obviously during Snead's time it was not. There's the argument that can be made about the physical prowess of athletes nowadays and just the size of their teams that are around them. And basically the tour back when, when Snead was playing is 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 nothing more than a traveling circus of guys in their cars rolling out of, you know, a, a hotel room and, and onto the range and, and going off and doing whatever. Now, with that being said, I tend to believe that Tiger's wins are held to a greater standard because Tiger was not a player that only played in, quote-unquote, this generation with TrackMan and Pro V1s and, you know, 460cc club heads. You know, what people don't remember is when he was winning his Junior Ams and his US Ams and even the first Masters, I mean, even to his first US Open, you know, he was still hitting 280 cc head clubs. And and quite honestly, if the Pro V1 never came around, um, gosh, I think Tiger's at a, <laughs> at a 140 wins. And I don't even think that's <laughs> insane to say because the technology nowadays has let so many inferior players catch up to him. And let me just asterisk that and say, even though I'm saying inferior players, I'm saying inferior to Tiger. Not inferior right. to everyone listening out there. These guys are still the point zero zero one percent greatest golfers in the world. However, in terms of his shot making ability and what he was able to do, uh, you know the 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 fourteen fifteen stroke wins at Pebble and and the twenty one under at Augusta. I think you would have seen a lot more of that if technology didn't change. Um, Sneed's career was mostly played with very very similar equipment. Um, you know, metal woods weren't even a thing during the time of his height and popularity. But the other thing with Snead is, and Scott and I have discussed this on a prior pod, is the fact that some of his wins were actually culled from events where there were four people, eight people in the field. Um, granted, Tigers won a bunch of WGCs, but even those are 
60, you know, person fields, 32 person fields. And it's not like randoms, you know, it's not like you're four handicap guys. It's, it's the, the top 50 best players in the world. So that's pretty steep competition that you're beating, even in a small select field. Yeah, I think one of Sneed's wins is on like an LPGA par three course. And if they if the tournament ended in a tie, that was regarded as a win. So, and yeah, I think one time he only beat one other guy. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it, it's, it's so hard to detract from wins like that. But I think that on any given week out on the PGA now in, in this day and age, anyone could win. Right. And for a myriad of reasons, you just hit on like so many, you know, equipment factors, like whatever, like when the week starts, we kind of think like, well, who's going to win this week? Like when last week started was Andrew Landry at the top of anyone's, you know, list or no, discussion. No. no. And if you told me right. it was, you're a flat out liar. Right. Cause he was sick. He got sick and he withdrew in Hawaii. Right. Yeah, and he shot like a 70. Yeah. Shot like a 77 or 78 in Hawaii. Exactly. So like, honestly, I don't think he was on anyone's radar, but now that doesn't mean that he can't win on a given week. Right. As he proved. So that's a really good example of like all these guys right now are really good. Again, Tiger is a different echelon. He is just, and I, I hate the Tiger comparisons and they still are very prevalent. I know when Spieth with was in the height of 2015, that crazy year and the, the comparisons were like, Oh my gosh every shot he made was a comparison to tiger and it was kind of like nauseating, but it had a little, it had a little meat to it. There was reasoning why people were saying that, but the comparisons that continue like right now, where like if a player gets on a hot streak or like someone does something miraculous and we have to, we have to compare them to tiger. I just, I think it's absurd. So I regard tiger. He's just, Again, I've said this, I said this before, I am biased, but he's just in sort of like a different category for me. But on a week to week, any guy could go out there and beat Tiger. And on a week to week, he could go out there and he could beat them too. Like you really don't know. It, it, I think that the competition is just so high right now. The talent is just so like ferocious on the PGA Tour that it's it's just a totally different game it it really is like technology aside just the amount of players and and the talent that exists is just it's different and for tiger to come back like after the trials that he went through and, and the you know physically the things that he's endured it's it's just so impressive it really is so impressive when he um, won the Zozo uh, uh, last fall. Uh, it was fall, right? Um, yeah. I, well, I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, fall. Um, I was just like, it's odd because it it was a little anticlimactic in my opinion, but I was just so overwhelmed in the like following few days of like the enormity of the number because again, 
we established that Sneed, you know, his tally is 82. Fine, done. But for Tiger to have done it, it's just, in my brain, it's just regarded as so much higher. I know the number is the same, but it's just, I, it, like, as you mentioned, it, it could be like a hundred wins for, you know, for all I know, like, that's how my brain processes it. It's just, it's so much more grandiose in my opinion. So I do agree. Um, I was surprised that, uh, it was, it was said that, um, you know, I think that it's probably a little controversial in my opinion to say that. I don't know why I think the whole like talk about like comparison, no comparison, this and the other thing for the, for the former, um, commissioner to, to come out and and say it, I think is, I don't know. Interesting. (laughs) <laughs> Here, here's here's the thing with with comparisons and and people love to do it because it makes for great kind of you know uh, talking points and and takes on things. But you you honestly cannot do it between generations. You know you can only compare people to their compatriots at that point in time. Um, so to compare what Tiger's done to Sneed, you know I could have my opinions, you could have yours, Beeman could have his, and everyone else can have theirs. Uh, it's unfair to both. You know they were both world beaters. They were both dominant. Uh, but let me give you an idea in order of how you can wrap your head around Tiger's 82 wins and you know who knows what he ends up finishing at, whether it's 90, 95, or, or anything like that. The number one player in the world, Brooks Koepka. I'm not wrong, correct? Right. Right. The most wins Brooks Koepka has had in any given year since he's been a pro is three. That's his highest win total, right? That was 2019. That was this you know, quote unquote, this last year, we know how sure. the PGA tour calendar goes now. Um, so do some simple math and multiply that times 30 years, okay. right? That would give him 90 wins. So sure. imagine him winning at this clip for the next 30 years straight. That's the only way that you can kind of put Tiger's win total into perspective. That's and that's insane. Crazy. That's insane. Brooks Koepka, the greatest player in the world, is not going to win three times for the next 30 years. Like, I will put my life on it. Any amount of money that I own, I will put on it right now that that is not going to happen. Because he's going to be like, what, he's going to be 65 or 64 or so. Um, It it would be unprecedented. I think you go to them a little bit. I think he's only like 30 or 29. Doesn't matter. He's going to be 60. (laughs) You know, like, like, it's not going to happen you know we think of we think of lee westwood just winning in abu dhabi as lee being ancient like lee westwood is six years older than me granted he looks 60 years older than me but you know the bottom line is wow you look great i thank you very much i do appreciate that um but lee winning at 46 47 is considered ancient you know if if phil was going to win this year at 50 that would be insane imagine someone winning a PGA tour event at 60, let alone winning three at 60 years old. It's never going to be done again, never. And, and so what we're watching here is literally history in the making and it is to be appreciated, but it is also something that is, is beyond comparison because I think it's a disservice to compare what tiger has done to what any golfer is, is going to do. And I think it just diminishes, you know, their career a bit. You know, Phil Phil has 
what, a quarter of, of Tiger's overall career, if you will, a third of it, you know, and that's a Hall of Fame career. I oh, mean, Justin, Justin Thomas has a Hall of Fame career already, and he's, he's nowhere near. He's, he's done about a tenth of what Tiger has done. So it's, right. it's beyond insane. I could go forever. I know to you I'm preaching to the choir. I know that. Yeah, and I don't think Jay Monahan's going to come out and say what Steve Beeman said. I'm just going to say that. I think that it, it's a take that, you know, is interesting. And, like, I agree. We agree with the take. But, you know, I don't think it's going to, like <laughs> – become like a thing I just saw um it's wild and you brought out you brought up Lee Westwood which I think is so funny because everyone on the European tour was like oh the old dog teaching the pups you know who's in charge I'm like the guy's you know in his mid-40s like let's relax but it's funny in in golf you're old if you're 40 or above you know so I think even Ian Poulter said something and I was like isn't he like 45 <laughs> so yeah I think yeah I think he is <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty uh that was pretty funny um but yeah I agree I I think that it's hard to think about it in the way that like you just tried to explain just because he was tiger is and was so great you know so like i think that we're desensitized to the enormity of the accomplishment and i don't think that that detracts from it i just think that like when i was growing up on a week to week i expected tiger to win he was gonna win you just he you expected him to win if he had the lead after thursday you were like oh well we don't have to watch and the, you know this tournament anymore he's gonna win and that was it. And nowadays, no player. Like, you try to tell me a player if he has the lead after Thursday or Friday that undoubtedly you think he's going to win. There's no player out there. Ricky Fowler held the lead um, at Amex this, you know, this past week. And, again, like, I know he doesn't have, like, that great of a, a, a win record. But he's a big name. And it's like, well, of course he's not going to win. And so it's like the opposite of what you would think with Tiger, which I just think is wild. Like, there's no way he could maintain the lead. That was like the consensus kind of going around, you know? So I think it's funny, just the dichotomy of, of times. Like, if you were a fan of golf in the late 90s, early 2000s, you remember just that, the, the, oh my gosh, domination of Tiger. Literally, he dominated the tour. It was like ridiculous. So all of those wins that he amounted in that, you know, small subset of time, I think only that they're overlooked. I just don't think that they get as much credit as they deserved because he was expected to win, if that makes sense. No, Which, that's a, it's a great point. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, I'm not saying it's unfortunate for Tiger. Like, he doesn't care, like, you know. But it's unfortunate that it's almost like some of those wins got a, probably a little glazed over just because it's like, well, who won? Oh, Tiger won. Of course, Tiger won. And I almost hearken back to that time, like, way too often. I'm, like, I'm definitely chronophobic. I hate the passing of time. I hate that Tiger has to get older. Like, don't, I don't care that I have to get older. Who cares about me? But the fact that Tiger has to age, like, blasphemy. He should stay young and a great golfer forever, like, in my brain. So I loved that 
bubble of time where Tiger was just literally in control of the tour. And like, I often wish that it would happen again. Now, I, I think I'm in a very small population. I, I'm not sure how many people really relished in seeing him win like week to week to week. Um, but I, I just think that what Tiger did, what Tiger has done, we will never see again. I know people say it all the time, but I honestly do believe it. I do not think right now that if there is another quote unquote tiger or the next tiger, I do not think right now he is born yet. And that's what I'll say. I'm not saying there will never be another tiger woods. I'm just saying right now, I I do not think he is, or if he's born, he's really little (laughs) and we don't know about him yet. And, um, and that's going to probably stay my opinion for maybe the rest of my life. Like we'll see. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I'll, I'll throw one more thing on 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 this topic here. Um, at 41 years old, I remember Tiger winning his U.S. Junior Ams and all those things. Yeah, you know, clearly, clear as day. I remember following along and and seeing that back when the U.S. Am was a big production on on TV, and even even the U.S. Junior Am was was previewed at like NBC Sports shows and stuff. So growing up, Tiger was it. I mean, hands down, favorite golfer. And my children. Nowadays, an entire generation removed, Tiger is their favorite golfer. So I mean, that That's just awesome. that just goes to show continued dominance. And it's and granted, when they were young, Tiger wasn't you know kind of what I refer to as like the Tiger 4.0 now. You know, after all the incarnations right. that he's been through. Um, but they've seen him. They've seen him win the Masters. They've seen him you know match the all-time win record. So they're experiencing it with completely different sets of eyes than I have. I've been around for the entire journey. They've seen it from, well, dad's always loved this guy. Why? Oh, I can kind of see why now. And then it, it lends them to kind of go back into the history of what Tiger's done because they've been able to see it nowadays. And Tiger talks about this all the time too, as his kids would always remember him as, well, golf hurts daddy. You know, we don't like golf because golf hurts daddy and his back hurts and he has to get knee surgeries and this and that. But now they're able to see, wow, this is why all these people love him. Because I remember there's one Tiger quote where he talks about um, his daughter finding him on YouTube. And she was like, is this really you? And he's like, and it was from, I think think it was the Torrey Pines US Open in 08 or something like that. And he was like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, oh, like you were actually really good. Like, look at all these YouTube clicks you have. You know, right. like, that's how she was able to process the greatness of Tiger as a player, which is, you know, it's it's so interesting to see all the, the time and space that he's traversed over the course of his career. All right, last thing I want to get into with you, we've talked about this over and over, you being uh, very involved with the, with the tour in the past and in the up- upcoming months or so and in the future. I want to get your opinion on because it's January, but the players is going to be coming up soon and we've seen commercials and we're going to get ramped up rhetoric yet again that the, you know, that the players is our fifth major. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about that and get your ideas and thoughts on, is it just a, another upper echelon tournament? And also I'd like to know what tournament you think could be a substitute for a fifth major, if not the players. Oh, interesting. <laughs> is it, so wait, what was the first question? 
<laughs> I'm like, this is such a, <laughs> it's a touchy subject, but okay. So it do, would I ever regard it as the fifth major is, is what, or do I ever see it being regarded? Yeah. As the, do you as ever, the do you okay. ever see it becoming, let's say over the next decade or so being actually labeled and the history books being rewritten as the fifth major? Okay, well, there's obviously been like a concerted effort to market it as a major championship, right? I think that we could agree on that. It's a money grab. Um, I don't think golf fans should fall for it. <laughs> I think that, um, okay, so majors, right? When you think of a major, it it's like history, right? Like, uh so many people before me want won this tournament. Um, it's like a rite of passage. It's like, I don't know. I, I just esteem a major as such a, a big accomplishment and achievement. The best of the best are in the field. The fields are so, you know, uh, just so like riddled with talent. Um, now, not to say that the players is not. Obviously, that is um, like it gets a very good field. Does it get all of the top players all the time? No. But do majors all the time? No. So I guess, you you know, there could be an argument there. Um, I, I think that a lot of people regard it as the fifth major. Right. But I think that there's been a heavy like top down. <laughs> influence for that um so in my opinion no I don't think it will ever be regarded as a fifth major in my opinion I would prefer that there never be a fifth major and maybe that makes me sound antiquated um I think it's getting out of hand (laughs) that we call it the fifth major uh, I I honestly don't think that it has all of the ingredients that a major has. Okay, so like, I I don't think that now maybe it's because like the Masters is held at Augusta every year, right? So you can't really say, well, you can't say that because it doesn't rotate, that it doesn't have all the ingredients or it doesn't have all the aspects of it. And now that's fair, super fair. And um, I do think it's an iconic venue, world-class field, all the things. Um, it's not my fifth major. No, I feel like I just went on a tangent. Well, part, you know, <laughs> everything is dictated by money, right? And sure. PGA Tour has <laughs> a lot of money and a lot of influence. <clears throat> it's a member-run organization. So I could see... The PGA Tour literally just calling it the fifth major for the next decade or so until people buy in, you know, because if you say something loud enough and you say something often enough, you will be able to get the lemmings to to, to buy into that and, and get on board and the sheep flock and they know no different. And so right. if you've been calling it for the fifth major for the last eight or 10 years, then kids getting into the game now by the time they're 18, 19, 20, playing in college golf or maybe going out for the mini tours, I'll be like, oh, yeah, definitely. No, that's the fifth major. And you say, well, well, why is it the fifth major? Well, I don't know. It's always just – they call it the – it's always been. That's what they call it. I mean, it's that's, the same yeah, thing with – you know, quite honestly, I mean, that's how the major championships came I around. Know. I was just going to say, like, 
for historical, political, practical reasons, like that's why the golf world agreed to consider them majors. <laughs> so it's weird because like if it was a checklist, let's just say if it was a checklist, players might get in. Right. If you think about it that way. But sure. Strongest field it's, all year in golf. Yeah. Um, right. Like, quote unquote, iconic venue by that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So see, like when you think about what constitutes a great golf tournament, like, uh-oh, it kind of has all the things. Um, but then, like, can't you make an argument for, like, some WGCs then? Or, like, I'm going to, like, go out on a limb, but it's in my backyard. The API. That has a lot of yes. things picked off. Maybe not, Say, like, the best that's field. The, that's but... the one that I would choose. Right? Or, that's like, the Memorial Jack memorial like all players they say all the time i'm coming because i want to play for jack so like he attracts a field right yeah i mean look i (laughs) I agree a hundred percent and the only thing and it got me thinking when pete Dye passed away um you know obviously an iconic architect but also uh, an iconic symbol to the PGA Tour itself. Part of me said, would the PGA Tour stoop so low to leverage his passing as a reason to mm-hmm. make Sawgrass and obviously his co- course uh, and the players a fifth major kind of in memoriam? And I don't think at the time anybody would stand up and say, well, you know what? It definitely shouldn't be um, so close to his passing because it's going to be fresh in everyone's mind when the players comes around in March and they're going to do tons of promotion on that and kind of use his name and likeness uh, as they can. I hope they don't. I think that's, I think that's shady. I think it's a low class way to go. Um, But you know, here I am contradicting myself and always playing devil's advocate. I mean, back in the day, the USAM was literally the biggest golf tournament in the world before money took over. And right. once, once money took over, it fell by the wayside. And, and um, you know, think of all the greats that counted the USAM as one of their majors. I mean, Jack still, if you ask Jack, he will count the US Amateur as his major, uh, as a major championship and tell you he has 20 majors. Um, but... Money comes in. The advent of the actual modern era PGA Tour comes about, and and we're stuck with the ones that we have. And I think one of the biggest things is people don't like change. As much as time marches on and nothing stays static, people like to live in the past. There's sort of a, a little bit of um, a quaintness about always looking back with rose-colored glasses. So I think for people nowadays, they're like, ah, well— Four majors is what we have. Four is even. It's nice. Yep. Why do we need five? Well, look, the LPGA just went to five, you know, uh, with the Evian five, six years ago. So it can be done. I don't know if it's going to, though. I want to say a quote. If you've ever seen Mean Girls, this will resonate. Stop trying to make players as a major happen. It's just, it's not happening, in my opinion. Just stop. And I think that that's says enough about my opinion on it i for one will go on the record and say that i am more than content with four however i do believe that arnold was a big enough influence of the game and yes i am biased towards him but if a fifth was going to be enacted into the annals of golf history um 
I think at Bay Hill, the Arnold Palmer Invitational is a great, um, I don't want to say substitute, but a great expansion into five. If you had to pick one, I guess last question I'll get you out of here on. If you had to pick one tournament, which one would it be? Well, I share a birthday with Arnie. I live in Orlando. It would be really cool to attend a major every year. So so I'm going to go with you and say, let's make the API a major. (laughs) Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get that, that movement going. I'm sure there's some people out there like, listen to those two idiots. It should definitely be the Sanderson farms. (laughs) Or like Pebble beach or Riviera. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Pebble beach pro-am as a major. (laughs) Yeah. Like Bing Crosby. (laughs) I don't know. That's hilarious. That is yeah. I mean, I, I think it's gonna stay at four, and um, and I think that uh, the whole talk of adding um the players as a major is kind of like where the whole conversation will begin and end. It'll just be a talk, and it's just fun. I mean, there's not you know much that on a day to day we could talk about in golf. So, huh. Eh. Give it up to ads for us to have something to argue over, discuss, talk about. Nothing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Um, listen, so give people, again, if they're, they're new listeners to the pod, I know there's a ton of new listeners uh, since we had you on last in episode 29, but give people all your social media information and how they can find you. Um, it's Bridget K. Whalen. I think that's for everything. Um, I'm way more popular on Instagram story than I am posting. So if you're a story fan, I'm probably your girl. There you go. Well, as always, cannot thank you enough. Love having you on. And we are not going to make it this long in between episodes next time. I promise. That sounds good. All right, people. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. (laughs) 